Tonight I want to speak on what I've titled making the most of a new year or making the most of a new season. Relatively the year is still new, not so new, right? Uh, but it's still a new season as it were. So I strongly believe it's important we know how to make the most of the year, right? Today is the 24th of, um, uh, of January 2024, right? So there are 360, I believe this year is a leap year, right? All right. So if you um, take 24 days out of 365 days, that literally gives you um, 340, 40, what's that? 342 days, right? Yes, I believe I'm correct. Yeah. So it simply means there is still a lot, right, that can be done this year. There's a lot that can be accomplished even in this year 2024. And before we begin to waste the year and begin to squander it, I think it's very important um, we come to that understanding of what it takes, right, to make the most of this new season. Because I want us to understand that whether you like it or not, you are either going to make the most of the year, right, or you're going to waste it or squander it. And nobody makes the most of anything by default, right? We make the most of anything by understanding. And that's why I strongly believe that this conversation is very important tonight. I want us to understand that God created the seasons, the time and the seasons, right? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So to everything, it says there is a season. So it simply means that there are things that if you don't get it done in certain seasons of your life, you may have well have missed God's plan and purpose for your life in that season. So it says for everything, there is a season. And if you read further down, right, in that chapter, it talks about, you know, different seasons of life, a season to do this, a season to do that, you know, but that's not the focus of my discourse tonight. My emphasis in going to that first verse of the third chapter of Ecclesiastes is to make us understand that to everything there is a season. There is a season. Especially when God gives a prophetic word to a spiritual family, right? It simply means that that is the season for that which he's saying. So, for instance, as a spiritual family in the Gateway Church, it is a season of better days. So, the question is, how do we make the most of this season? It's a new year and it's a new season. So, how do we make the most of it? How do we ensure that 2024 is not a replication of 2023 or 2022? How do we ensure that we don't have the repeat of another year, right, in this new year? Because sometimes that is what happens in many people's life. You see, a calendar has been changed, but there is no change in experience. The calendar has been flipped, but there are no new testimonies, right? No transformation, no visible progress, no noticeable advancement. I pray for you that in this year 2024, in every area of your life, there will be noticeable advancement. In the name of Jesus. There is something in psychology called annualized thinking. Annualized thinking is the unspoken belief that there is plenty of time in the year to make things happen. And that is what, you know, cuts many people off from the things they should have achieved in a year. It's because of annualized thinking. So there's a belief that, oh, there is still a lot of time. We're still in January. There's still February, there's still March, there's still April, there's still, you know. I was having a conversation with someone during the course of the week, you know. 
and um, about the fact that as a church you know the instruction god has given us you know starting a new campus very early this year you know and i was having a conversation with the person that it's people that you know don't really understand the way life works that we think that that is still very early and I was giving an illustration, giving the person an example of someone that I know, you know, and what the person has done this year, 2024. Because when you, you see, and the thing is, it's always an unconscious thing. When you just believe, oh, there is still time. There's still time to do everything I need to do. Who told you there is still time? Especially when you feel the urgency of the spirit to do certain things early. It simply means there is a lot God wants you to do that year. But when you just say, oh, there is still time. The time you should have used to do other things, that's the time you will use to do what God is telling you to do now. And so we need to be careful, right, of how we see the times and the seasons. And I strongly believe that for all that God wants to do in our life this year, three things are very important that we pay attention to. Number one is focus. 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 You must be focused like never before in this year 2024. Oh, I know you must have had about focus before, but I'm telling you that in this year 2024, you must be focused like never before. Focus is going to be required. Focus is going to be demanded. If you're going to do everything you're supposed to do this year, if you're going to walk in the fullness of all that God has in store for you in this year 2024, you've got to be focused. And let me tell you this. One thing about focus is focus creates blindness. The moment you see, if you know what is happening everywhere, you are not focused. Do you understand what I just said? If you know what is happening in everybody's life, happening to everybody, all your competitors, you know the step they just took, is because you are not focused. Because the thing about focus is when you are truly focused on something, you don't notice every other thing. If you are seeing too many things, it's because you are not truly focused on what you are supposed to be focused on. One of the things I've come to realize is in my interaction with a lot of people, you know, that have risen to the top in their field, one of the things I've come to realize is they know so little about what does not concern them. You realize a lot of people know so much. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about that? But go and find out the people that are really at the top, they don't know so many things that the average person knows. And that is the reason they're accomplishing so much. So focus will be required like never before. The next thing we need to pay attention to, and this is just a background laying, right, is boldness. Boldness. Boldness must become your new nature. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You cannot, be, you cannot afford to be afraid to dare new things this year. Even when you are afraid, do it afraid. Are you hearing what I'm saying this evening? boldness is a necessity if you are going to accomplish everything god wants you to accomplish in this year 2024 you must be bold you must be daring you must take steps you have never taken before the person that wants to see what he has not seen before must be willing to do what he has not done before if you keep doing what you've always done you will always get what you've always gotten if you want to see new things you must go to new places i hear what i'm saying if you want to meet new people, you can't meet them where you currently are. So you must be bold. Boldness will dare new things. Boldness will take new steps. Boldness will do things that as you are doing it, even you yourself, you'll be telling yourself, I hope you are alright. Let me tell you this. If all the steps you are taking does not get you afraid, you are not taking bold steps. You are not taking bold steps. You are not taking bold steps. I got to understand this many years ago. <laughs> In fact, 
Anytime I look at my life, any season that I'm not taking risky steps, I know I'm becoming too comfortable. And I look for something risky for myself to do. Because the moment you get to the point where boldness is not required, your life has platooed. And you see, it's only with the passage of time you will see the effect that your life has stagnated. You see, because when people's life stagnates, I've, I've, <laughs> I've known people over the years that in different spheres, they were the local champions. And you know one thing about not making progress? It will take God uh, for you not to be envious of others making progress. It will take serious maturity. I hear what I'm saying. When your life is on the same spot and the people that you used to know that were behind you, they've overtaken you. And you now realize that it's not that you couldn't have also accomplished much. It's that you didn't do what you were supposed to do. It's either you are depressed or you become envious. So boldness is required. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Boldness is required. And number three, before I go into my message, is determination. 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 Determination is a necessity in this year 2024. Determination that certain things must happen. See, the way I describe determination is this. Determination is coming to a point where you tell yourself, is it that something happens or it happens? You hear what I said? Ha. Uh-huh. Is you coming to that place in life where you outline certain things and you say, is it that this thing happens or it happens? By the time you say, hey, is it that it happens or hey, if it doesn't happen, I'll try again. You are not determined. Determination simply means I've burnt all my bridges. I've removed all the options. I've said to myself, is it that this thing, <laughs> it works or it works? That's determination. So I'm going to need those three things this year. Number one, focus. Number two, boldness. And number three, determination. Let's go into our text for this discourse this evening. That's Joshua chapter 3 and verse 2 to 5. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 2 to 5. I want us to read it together if you can. All eyes on the screen. Can we read it together? One to go. After three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people saying, Where you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. And the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Verse, skip verse 3. Okay, verse 4. Yet, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Why? For you have not passed this way. Heretofore. Did you see that? He says, you have not passed this way. Verse 5 says, and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So Joshua is saying to the people, create a space between yourself and the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because somebody needs to go before you. And the major reason he said, is because you have not passed this way before. You have not gone through this route before. Every one of us, we've not lived 2024 before, have we? No, we haven't. And that's why God must go before you. If you're going to make the most of 2024, I'm still going to get into that further on, you see, later in the message, you must allow God to go before you. Thank God for plans. Thank God for strategies. But everything must still be submitted to God. That's why, you know, David was very successful in everything he did. He would always ask God, should I go? Should I not go? Even when God will tell him, do this, he will still ask God for the strategy. Not just for the big picture and the destination. He would always ask God, what should I do? 
See, let me tell you this. One of the things, especially for those of us that are leading anything, maybe you're a business person, you know, whatever. Let me say this. And to every married man under the sound of my voice, you must train the people around you to follow you as you follow God. You know the reason why a lot of people fall into error? Is the fear of, ah, I've said this is what we are doing. Let me tell you this. If God tells me to do something a day two, if he says cancel it, I am not afraid to cancel it. A lot of people have entered into error. What made Saul to fail? The people. Saul knew he was not supposed to offer the sacrifice. But the moment people started leaving him, and people started telling him, ah, what we are waiting for is Samuel. Because the moment Samuel offers the sacrifice, he said, we'll be able to win the battle. And the Bible says he stepped into the office he was not supposed to step into. And the moment he offered the sacrifice, Samuel showed up. Samuel showed up. That's why I always say it in that context that I have no reputation to protect. I'm a messenger. I hear what I'm saying. And everyone that is going to build anything sustainable, you must make the people around you to understand that. That I may have plans, we may be moving. If I'm about to get somewhere and God says, turn back, I will turn back without considering your feelings. And later, you will thank me for it. But you know the reason why a lot of people fail? Yeah, what will I now say? People will now think that. They will now think. See, you are free to think anything you want to think. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Because we have not passed this way before. I have not lived this life before. And you have not. But there is a God that knows our tomorrow more than we can remember our yesterday. And at every season of our lives, we must subject every step we are taking to the one that knows it all. Because let me tell you this, no matter your feasibility study, no matter all your strategy and everything, there will still always be a blind spot. There will always be something you don't know. And Joshua went on further to say in the fifth verse, he says, for tomorrow you will see the wonders of the Lord. Why will you see the wonders? Because God has gone before you. So many people want to live a life of wonder. <laughs> a wonder is simply a wonder. Something people wonder at like, wow, that's a wonder. You know the reason why a lot of people don't live a li lives of wonder? Are because they are not subject to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I encourage you, if you've gotten the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, we're going to be doing the review next week, Wednesday, right? Make sure you read it. If you have not gotten it, get it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your destiny is more important than 1,800. Or how much is the book? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Praise the Lord. Crucial things you need to know about new seasons. New seasons, new years. I'll be using the word year and season interchangeably, right? I'm talking about the same thing. The first thing you need to understand is this. A new season does not automatically culminate in a new experience or a better experience. A new year will not automatically lead <laughs> to new testimonies. Haven't you seen people so excited? Happy New Year! First month, nothing new. Second month, nothing new. Third month, nothing new. Fourth month, nothing new. Why? Because a new season does not automatically lead to a new experience or a better experience. It is not enough for the year to be new. You also need to be new to have new experiences. It means there is a version of you that is on the inside of you that we have not seen that must come out in this year 2024. The unfortunate truth is many who are excited about this new year will remain on the same spot or worse off by the time this year is over. 
Do you hear what I just said? I'm going to say it again. The unfortunate thing, which is the truth, it's the bitter truth, but it's the truth all the same, is that even though this is a new year, by the end of this year, some people's life would have been worse. Or some people would have just simply stagnated. And that's why I'm talking about this tonight. I hear what I'm saying. Very important. The second thing you need to note about new seasons is that it is not in, it's not everyone that recognizes or takes advantage or makes the most of new seasons. You can just put it in your own words. It's not everyone that recognizes or makes the most of a new season. Some people will simply just waste it. In fact, some people don't come to an awareness of the fact that time is going until they get to me or April. <laughs> you know. For instance, a lot of people will do decoration in December for Christmas. They don't remember they're supposed to remove the decoration until Valentine. After Valentine, they celebrate Valentine, they leave it there, red and white. So red and green gives way to red and white. And so when they remember they're supposed to remove it, it's Easter. He now does on them, eh, three months have gone this year. What's the three months gone to? What's three months gone to? See, I developed a habit many, many years ago. If they do Christmas decoration in my house, the next day by Boxing Day is off. Because it's Christmas decoration, not New Year decoration. But a lot of people are still in the, they are still in the emotional, you know, state of we are still celebrating. We are still celebrating on the 24th of January. What's new about the year? See, having decoration, still making you feel you are still hearing ta -ra 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 on the 24th of January. So, and you see, let me tell you this. There is something about atmosphere that can keep you in comfort. You're still seeing lights. You still have Christmas tree. What's that Christmas tree still doing there? I hope I'm not speaking prophetically. So. <laughs> Praise God. So it's not everyone that recognizes it. And that's why a lot of people waste it. That's why a lot of people squander it. They just believe, oh, there is still time. There is still time. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, time is going already. Oh, I can't hear you say, neighbor, time is going already. The third thing you need to pay attention to is that in life, hmm, new seasons will always give you the privilege of a new start. Or maybe you just put it this way, that the third thing you need to pay attention to or know about a new season is that new season gives you the privilege of a new start. It gives you the privilege of a new start. So for instance, maybe there were things you wish you did in 2023 that you did not do, right? This is another year. It's another year to begin again more intelligently. I'm always reminded of the story of Thomas Edison. If you don't know who that is, Thomas Edison was the one that invented the incandescent light bulb. Thomas Edison was in his 50s, 60s, thereabout, when his factory got burnt. As in burnt to ashes. That was the age where someone else would just have a nervous breakdown. And he just stood in front of his factory and he was watching the fire burn. And when he saw one of his sons, he said, go call your mother. Tell her not to miss this. They thought the man was already going crazy. When the wife came, he told the wife, he said, now we have the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. It was after then he discovered the incandescent light bulb. Someone else would say, ah, Mugbe, I'm finished. You are not finished. As long as you are still alive, you are not finished. I hear what I'm saying. Do you know how many people started this year that are dead now? Or do you know how many people that you start 2023 together that are not alive now? You are still alive because God is giving you the privilege of having a fresh start. He's giving you the opportunity to rewrite your wrongs. 
to correct your wrongs, to do things in a better way. And you must realize that that is a privilege. It's not a right. There are people who pray more than you, who fast more than you, who are dead. I hope you know. For some of us, if God gauges our being alive by our prayer, you should not be alive. Because you're always sleeping off. One hour prayer. Huh? You pray five minutes. In reality, the remaining 55 minutes, you pray it in the spirit. <laughs> it's not during closing charge. You, repent, you just wake up <laughs> during announcements. And you say you have also joined prayer. But God keeps giving, you see, every day that you are alive is a privilege to begin again. Especially a new year. And that's why you must not allow yourself, right, to be kept on the same spot by regrets. Because regret is a thief of time. Ah, I wish I did this. Hey, I wish I did that 2023. I wish I did this. I should have done this. You didn't do it. That time is gone. There is nothing you can do to go back to 2023. No prayer and fasting and take you back to 2023. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't go back there. So now you have 2024. What are the things you are going to do differently? So new seasons give you the privilege of a new start. It gives you the privilege of a new start. The next thing you need to understand is that a new season begins the day you decide it must begin. A new season begins the day you decide it must begin. Let me tell you this. You can have a happy new year in April. I hear what I'm saying. You can even have one in June. You can have one in July. The day you wake up is the day things wake up. But I don't want you to get to April. That's why we're having this conversation. You have said happy new year days ago, weeks ago. Now let it really be a new year. Let new things begin to spring forth. Take new steps. Make new decisions. Right? Don't just say happy new year and just leave it there. What's really going to be new? What's really going to be new? A new season begins the day you decide that it must begin. So someone can decide today that beginning from tonight, after tonight's service, in fact, not after tonight's service, seated here right now, something new must start in my life. See, it doesn't take long for a man's life to begin to change. Your life changes in moments of decisions. I hear what I'm saying. That's the time your life changes. The moment you decide. I see the thing about decision is it doesn't come with a noise. It doesn't come with a shout. It comes with a determination. Remember I said you need three things. Focus, boldness, determination. It comes with a determination that this year is going to be different. Nobody may know you're already making that decision. But seated right there, you can be making that decision that... This year is going to make sense. This year is going to make sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All this year, I no go grieve for anybody. See, all those slang is good to get everybody excited. Live beyond slangs. Last year, it was, uh, you didn't whine me. It's not whine me again. It's not no grief for anybody. <laughs> Just make up your mind that this year will be different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That this year is going to be new. This year is going to be new. This year is going to, you know, is, is going to create a new version of me. A new version of my business. Maybe you are a career person. A new version that even at my place of work, people will look at me and say, ah, what's happening? Is this the same employee? That your employer will see you and say, no, 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 this cannot be the same person. I've told this story a couple of times. Some of us would have heard it, you know, about um, two guys, you know, that were twins. And their father was alcoholic. Years down the line, one became like the father. The other one became unlike the father. 
and they were interviewed. One was asked, the one that was like his father that ended up an alcoholic, a failure and a disgrace to society. They asked him, why did you become like your father? He said, I had no choice. I grew up in the, you know, under a father that was an alcoholic. So I simply became a reflection of what I saw growing up. They asked the other one that was not an alcoholic that turned out unlike his own father, successful. They asked him, why did you turn out like your father and your twin brother? He said, I also had no choice. Said I saw alcoholism all my life and I made up my mind that my past will not repeat itself in my future. Decisions. Decisions. I'm sure if we ask them, it's not that the two of them sat down one day and said, me, I will turn out like my father. Me, I will not turn out like my father. It was just a moment of silence that somebody decided and said, you know what? My future will not repeat itself. My future. See, thank God for prayers. We believe in this and this house. I, be, I hope you know. Thank God for fasting. Thank God for all those things. But one of the things that moves the scale of your life forward is that decision. It's that decision. You must make up your mind that this year is going to be new. I'm not just going to be saying Happy New Year every year. When I say Happy New Year, it's a decision I make, you know, I'm proclaiming. Out of the truth, this is going to be a new year. May this year be new for you in Jesus' name. And remember, it is your decision and not your condition that determines your destiny. Everybody can grow up in the same environment and have different experiences. That's why, let me tell you this, for every excuse you have given for failure, is the same reason some other people have succeeded. So that cannot be the reason why you have not done certain things. Oh, the reason why I have not done this is because my parents are illiterate. Fantastic. There are people who have been raised by illiterate parents and they turned out well. Oh, the reason why I'm still at this level is because my parents were not rich. I trekked to school when I was going to school. Fantastic. There are so many people whose parents too. Uh, did not even send them to school. And yet they have turned out well. So you really have no alibi for failure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have no alibi. You have no alibi to failure in this year 2024. See friends, let me tell you something. I said that moments ago, but let me repeat it. You cannot blame people because I mentioned this during Breakthrough Festival about the principle of strategic alliances, the breakthrough pillar of strategic alliances. You see, the same way you understand that your life is the average of the five closest people to you, is the same way everyone that wants to do well in life also understands that. So if you are in a group of people, ah, and you are not doing well, and they want to do well, what does wisdom tell them? To drop you like hot potato. Drop you like it's hot. It just makes sense. But you know, sometimes people just take things personal and you see, don't be sentimental. Be sensitive to your destiny. Destiny is not emotional. That's why you must make up your mind that this year is going to be different. It's going to be different. And I pray that it will be different for you in Jesus' name. Jacob had lived for decades. <laughs> you see, in his uncle's house. But a day came when he was going back home. And he made up his mind. I'm not going to go back the same way I left. And the Bible tells us that that they wrestled with an angel overnight. He decided that things must be new. But I hope you know that that was not the first time that things changed for Jacob. Because the Bible tells us that Jacob left with his staff. But when he was coming back, he came back with an army. He came back with resources. But he knew that this is not it. So for some of us, it's not that you have not experienced any dimension of progress. You have. But in comparison to, you see, I see the thing is, every one of us, except you want to lie to yourself, you know where you are supposed to be. You know. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know. And when you are not there, you know. But you know what many people do? They compare themselves to other people that are behind them. They say, oh, but at least I'm better than. Remember the prayer of that Pharisee that Jesus told us about? The guy that was praying, looking to God. He was praying to himself, really, because it was not God he was praying to. He said, God, remember how I tight? I fast three times. I'm better than this. So you are telling God you are better than someone. Is that supposed to be your comparison? That should be the basis why God should answer your prayers. So many of us, we know we are not supposed to be where we are. Where, we are not where we are supposed to be. But you know what? You know how we, we, we get ourselves all off that uncomfortable feeling? We say, ah, but at least. So, 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 and so that we grew up together. If I, when I went home during Christmas, she still lives there. Me and Bethel, is that how you want to end up? You compare yourself with where you are going, not where you are coming from. Not where you are coming from. And let me tell you this, in Christ, where you are going is still very far. Where you are going is still very far. See, for years, a lot of preachers have spoken down on ambition. Don't be ambitious. Ambition is not a negative thing. What ambition simply means is a strong desire to make something happen. There's a negative side of ambition. But let me tell you this. Anything God tells you to do or any desire God places in your heart, be ambitious about it. A strong desire to make things happen. That's ambition. That's ambition. And it's a terrible thing for a believer not to have ambition. You see, a lot of the gener you know, generation behind us, generation of our parents, they believed ambition was wrong. So I just want to make heaven. If all God wanted you to do was to make heaven, the moment you gave your life to Christ, he would have killed you there at the altar. In fact, every church will have a burial ground. God has given your life to Christ, you just die and go to heaven. But there's a reason he still left you here. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Are you getting something out of this tonight? See also see Jabez. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, understand, the Bible tells us that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Yet, a time came in the life of Jabez, said no. I'm not going to dictate my success by the success of my brethren. There is more. There is more. There is more. Let's go further. New seasons don't announce themselves. That's the next thing you need to understand about new seasons. New seasons don't announce themselves. They have to be discerned. They have to be discerned. That's why I said any day can become your new season. <laughs> Any day can be your new season. Because the thing about new season is that's why a lot of people things don't change for them in a new year. Because real, really, new seasons don't come with a shout. So when you see everybody all excited and most times they are caught up in that excitement and nothing really changes. Nothing really changes. Why ask the average person after crossover? Ah! By December 29, 30, 31, in 2024, in 2024, ask the average person between December 29 and now, what has changed in your life? If the average person will be honest with you, nothing. Nothing. But then everyone was looking forward to oh, a new year. Ah, in 2024, I will start doing this. The things you said you will start doing, have you started doing it? Just be honest with yourself. <laughs> New seasons don't come with a shout. They don't come with a noise. I want us to see a scripture. It will bless you. Luke 19, verse 43 to 44. Luke chapter 19, and verse 43 to 44. Luke chapter 19, and verse 43 to 44. The Bible says, for the days will come upon you. I think I'm, I'm reading from the New King, New King James Version. Go to New King James. Let me see if it aligns. All right? Yeah. So, can we read together? One to go. 
For this will come upon you where your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave you one stone upon another. Why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. May you not miss your timing of visitation. Oh, the prayer I prayed for you is a strong prayer. I may not shout it, maybe because my voice is not that clear today, but let me tell you this, is a powerful prayer. May you not miss your day of visitation. Because let me tell you this, you know, you know one thing I've come to understand in my work with God? A day of visitation, it is a retrospect you know it was a day of visitation. You really don't know on a day of visitation that, yes, today is my day of visitation. When you know, you, it simply means you have come to a higher level of discernment. To a level of discernment. Most people don't know. That's why the Bible says that, you know, they've become so surrounded. The enemy has closed in on them. Because when the enemy is closing in on you, it's not at once. It's just gradually. They keep moving. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. Until one day you want to move around and realize that I'm surrounded by enemies. And you just said the reason is because you did not know the time of your visitation. Why? Because there is a time into it. Every day is not a day of visitation. And so you need discernment. Because days of visitation don't come with a shout. John chapter 1 and verse 11. The Bible says he came unto his own. But his own did not receive him. Why? Because they didn't know. Do you know that in Israel, some people still believe that Messiah is still coming? Huh? They still believe it. If you read the Bible reading for today, was it today or yesterday? The Bible says that when Jesus rose, some guys went to tell the Pharisees and they bribed them to tell them you know, to tell the people that his disciples came to steal his body. That Messiah did not rise. And the Bible says that some people still believe that narrative till date. Till date. He came unto his own. And his own did not receive him. Why? Because they did not know. They did not know. They did not know. May you know your day of visitation. May you know your new season. May you discern it. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you this. When you don't discern a new season. You will not even take advantage of the grace made available for that season. I hear what I'm saying. You won't take advantage. Because in every season, God makes grace available. There are things that will become easier in that season. But when you don't even know that there is a season to do certain things, you will not do it. You will not do it. For instance, there are some people, there is a season at which they should marry. They keep saying, I've not made enough money. And there is a season God has positioned people that if you marry at this time, God will raise up helpers for you. And the helpers are there for that season. They keep saying, no, not, not yet. I'm still looking for money. In three years' time. By that time, the helpers have moved on. They've helped other people. For some people, there is a season they are supposed to start a business. I hear what I'm saying. They keep saying, nah, yeah, let me gather more money. In five years' time. God is saying, you are working. Start the business. Let me tell you this. People always think, as believers, we need this understanding. If you don't do things in their season, you will do it in struggle. You do it in struggle. <laughs> I was listening to someone, sometimes a couple of weeks, I think it was late last year. You know, if I mention the person's name, most of us will know who I'm talking about. I said there was a step he was supposed to take and they knew, he said, it, it got to a point because he was trying to look at what was going to happen, the ripple effect, which eventually happened anyway. You know, the news that people were going to carry that, you know, uh, he's doing this to his father, he's leaving his father. He's, he said, but he was dragging his feet and at a point, God told him, if you don't do it, do this and do this and do this by this time. 
He said, by 2025, the door will be closed against you forever. Many of us think we always have the time to do everything God tells us to do. It's an erroneous thinking. Haven't you seen, you see, if this has happened to you before, you had an idea to do certain things. He said, I will do it later, I will do it later. The day you now start, you realize that someone else has started the idea. You think God will wait for you? Because any time God impresses certain things in your spirit, except if God tells you it is not time to do it now. One of the prayers I prayed to God years ago, said, God, if it is not time for me to do something, don't tell me yet. Because if you tell me something now, I will start working on it immediately. So if you don't want me to do something now, let me know, okay, you are telling me this thing, do it later. Or don't tell me. Because I understand times and seasons. Some people, there are things they should have started in their 20s. There's a place of grace, and God is a God of restoration. They start in their 40s. But let me tell you this, it cannot be compared to if you started at the right time. One of their mentors, their ministry is going to be 25 next month. He's not 50 years old. Because he started at the age of 23. Each time I think about it, I'm always like, what was I doing when I was 23? Just gallivanting up and down. Like a demon moving to and fro everywhere. Do you know what it means to be in season, to be in sync? <laughs> May you not miss your season. Amen. See, the things I'm talking about tonight, they are very simple, but they are things that can change your life. And I want you to take this thing seriously. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. I don't know if some of us will remember. I think almost every area had this kind of people. Some big brothers, and when you were growing up, they were the area big brothers. Everybody was looking up to them. Until you went to school, you finished school and you came back, and they were still in the area. That was what I'm talking about. <sighs> Did you still respect those big brothers? The day no time was going. No! They were still doing big brother. Until it, many of them, what eventually happens is they move out of the area. When they see all the people they used to do big brother for, all of them have now They've moved on. Sometimes when I go visit my parents and I see some people, I'm saying, ah, he lives you and be. This one is still here. I can't imagine. Because some of them have not seen them in years because when I got admission into school, you know, my rate of going up was reduced. Many times even if, when I'm at home, I'll just be indoors. I'll just see some of them be like, ah, this person is still here. They missed it somewhere. Because God is so faithful that he will present everybody, you know, give them the opportunity to recognize their season. But maybe they got too distracted, so busy doing other things. And they just as oh, there will always be time. There will always be time. Like a student that's supposed to be reading for exam that is not reading. I will read. I will read. I will read. You may read, but you can't comprehend the way you would have comprehended if you had been reading since the beginning of the semester. And let me tell you this, everybody has different graces. There are some people who have photographic memories. If they look at something, maybe for like a few minutes, it has registered. You, you know that for something to register, you have to dip your leg in hot water. They have to pour water on your head. You are comparing yourself with those kind of people. So like my pastor, he has a photographic memory. In fact, when Reverend came for Breakthrough Festival, he didn't really quote scriptures. In one hour of message, Reverend can quote 200 scriptures. And he will quote different translations and everything will be correct. And I realized that when his dad, you know, when we're, 
So I was saying something the day, you know, um, when, uh, during the transitioning of his dad. How when his dad, before he died, had become blind. Yet, if you are reading the Bible, my pastor's dad will correct you that what you said here is wrong. In his 90s. Because it was just a gifting. You, you are not gifted like that. You should have been reading since you didn't read. <laughs> I think this happens in every school. There are some people that will be playing with you. When you are supposed to be reading, they will be gisting. You would have played, played, played in the evening. You will be so tired, you sleep. That night, they, they are reading. Please recognize your seasons. Matthew 23 and verse 37. Look at what Jesus said. Matthew 23, 37. Not 27. 37. 3, 7. Matthew 23, 37. Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophet and stones those who are what? Sent to her. He said, how often I wanted to gather your children together as the end gathers our cheeks under our wings. But you were what? You were not willing. The people that were sent to you, you were attacking them. Why? Because he didn't know your season. He didn't know your season. The last thing I want to say under that is that seasons come and go. The same way, rainy season will not stay forever. It will give place to dry season. Ah, huh? Seasons come and seasons go. To miss a season is to miss out on destiny. May you not miss out on destiny. Amen. See, there are things that God has scheduled for the year 2024. May you not miss it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There are some things that God has scheduled for you in this year 2024. You see, to drag your feet on those things is to miss out on those things. I believe in the God of restoration, right? God restores the years. and But if he restores, will he bring back 2022? Because there are scriptures you believe as we used to console ourselves. God is a God of restoration. Even if I lose the time, the year that the canker worms have eaten. You see, even when God will restore it, it will be with much work. You know why? When God will restore, it means maybe you wasted 2021, 2022, 2023. Now you are 2024. You realize you have wasted it. It means what you should have done. Huh? What you should do 2021, 2022, 2023. You will not combine everything in one year, 2024. Do you have the capacity to do that? There is nothing as beautiful as doing things at the right time. At the right time. Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Seasons come. Seasons go. I want us to read this together. One to go. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are what? There's a translation I want us to see. I think it's message. Please go to the message translation. Uh, no. Go to Amplified. Or NLT. Amplified or NLT. Go to um, Amplified. Let's check Amplified. There's a translation I forgot. Uh, no. I can't remember the translation, but there's a translation that says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended. He said that nothing good has happened to us. So seasons came, seasons went, and nothing good happened to us. If we can search for it, please, just do that. He said, and nothing good happened to us. Nothing good. Nothing good. May something good happen to you this year. In the name of Jesus. I say, friends, let me tell you this. You can't pray against season. Yeah, someone say now that I'm very anointed. I'm a prophet of the Most High God. There shall be no rainy season this year. There shall be no winter. No, the Bible already tells us as long as the earth remains, 
says seed time and summer and winter, cold and heat. He says it shall not end. There are things you can't pray against. You just align yourself. So what are the practical steps to making the most of a new season or a new year as I begin to round up in the next 15 minutes? Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed tonight? Number one, find out the mind and the plans of God for you for that season. If you're going to make the most of the new year, you must take out time to find out. If you have not done that, it's not too late. Find out God's mind and plan for you concerning the year. Don't just run around like everybody. The average person, you see, the imbalance is that the average person now will begin the year and they'll start running up and down. Running up and down because, ah, this year, man must also, <laughs> man must do something great. So they don't even take out time, you see, because when a man is in the wrong direction, you shouldn't be talking to him about speed. Because you're in the wrong direction. Moving faster will only get you faster to the wrong destination. So someone is supposed to be going to Lekki. Ah, huh? I now find out that the person is Ashagam. I now asking the person, what, at what kilometer are you moving? He said, I'm on 80. So, ah, you've missed the wheel. But maybe you should accelerate to 160. Should you be talking to the person about speed? Or talking to the person about how the person will turn back towards redemption camp? I'm away. That's what the person needs. Direction would always be more important than speed. In the matters of destiny, direction would always be more important than speed. So if you're going to make the most of the year, the very first thing you must do before you start taking steps are, is to find out what is God's mind for me in this year 2024. What is God's plan? What does God want me to do? Thank God for your plans and everything. I hope your plans are spirit-inspired plans. But in case they are not, see, don't be too proud huh, to put aside your plans and follow God's plans. You hear what I said? Especially when you have told people, this year, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and you know, when you got into the room, God said, that is not my plan for you. They said, you're not supposed to be doing that. Pride has destroyed many destinies. Pride is not only when you are walking around like there's ball under your armpits. And people are greasing you and saying, oh, bless you, bless you. That's not only when pride is realizing you are wrong, but you refuse to make correction. Because of what people will say. I mean that I've told people that. Ah, I've told people that. Those same people are the ones that will laugh at you when you fall flat on your face. They are the ones that say, ah, but he said he will. Why didn't you? Find out the mind and plans of God for you for that season. Find it out. And the thing about God's plan is you don't determine it, you discover it. You're not the one that will determine and say, this is God's plan for me for this. No, 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 no. You will be the one to discover it. Isaac was going to take a step like his father. So, people may even have gone ahead of you. That's, what, oh, that's why it's very important you read the book for the month. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you've not read it, please go and read it. And it's not enough to buy the book and be carrying it up and down. Holding it and taking it to office or going to work does not mean what is in the book will enter your brain. It's opening the book, creating time and reading it. If you have to stop that Netflix show you are watching, you better stop it and read that. Let me tell you this. It's easy to read. Just set a goal. I will read four pages per day. 
six pages per day before I sleep. You've done that, then go back to every other thing you are doing. The problem with many people is they look at a book and say, ah, when do I want to finish this one? How do you eat an elephant? It's a proverb. You say, a bite per time. You don't eat an elephant as once. You just keep eating the elephant bit by bit. Eventually, you will finish the elephant. How do you read a book? Page by page. Chapter by chapter. That's why it's very important. You can, this is not a year as a believer that you will not be, that you will not be able to say confidently that God told me. No, 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 no. That, that, those days are long gone. When people hear pastors, their pastors say things like, you know, God said, they're looking like pastors are superheroes. No. That's what every believer should be able to say. That God told me to do this. God told me to do that. Because let me tell you this, even on the path where God is leading you, you will face challenges. God told Isaac, don't go to the way, the way your father went. Stay here and I will bless you. Is it not where God told him to stay? Where he was thinking was they were collecting it. I read it now, Genesis 26. If Isaac had not been sure that it was God that was telling him to leave the, stay in that place, he would have left. The reason many of us give up at every sign of difficulty is because there is no certainty and assurance God told us to do it. So many of us, there is this erroneous mindset that if God is leading me to do something, then there will be no opposition, says who? In fact, the reason why there will be opposition is because God said so. Because the devil does not want it to come to pass. The Bible says Isaac dug a well. They took it. He dug another well. They took it. Does that, like look, does that not look like someone that the devil is after? Remember, even Jesus said persecution will arise for the world's sake. For sometimes persecution is proof you're on the right path. Be careful of traveling on a road where there is no proposition. It simply means you are moving in the same direction with the devil. Is happy where you are. That's what it means. Ah, stay there. This is where I want you to be. So the plans of God are not determined. You discover the plans. You discover the plans. And please, friends, don't go the way everywhere, everyone is going. I read something in a newspaper many years ago. I was a student. I just went home, you know. My dad loves newspapers a lot. So that day, I just saw it in his room. I just read that part. I think um, Obasanjo was still the president then. So you know the way they, you know, um, highlight a particular part of an article and make the text bigger. So I just saw it there. We were interviewed. I can't even remember, but that statement I never forgot. He said, if I see a crowd going in a direction, I will go in the opposite direction. He said, because most times the crowd is usually wrong. I'll never forget that statement. What, what a true statement. What a true. You remember during the Kedja bomb blast? You know many people died, not from the bomb blast, but from running in the wrong direction. People just saw people running. Eh? They too, they ran. They didn't even find out, why are you running? And many ended up in the canal. Or people see everybody doing something. And all my friends are doing this. They don't even bother to ask God. See, you are most likely to take a step everyone around you is taking. Most likely. So if all your friends are doing something, there is a likelihood you will do that same thing. But all I'm telling you is, I'm not saying don't do it, but be sure God is telling you to also do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So go and check it. Most people that relocate, most of their friends are relocating. So guess what? They don't even pray. Uh, ah, this one's located. So, so now I begin to feel as if, ah, it's my own life getting destroyed. He said, that me too, I don't know how to travel. The fact that your friend, do you have the same destiny? And the fact that your friends are not traveling does not mean you should not travel. The most important thing is just be sure something is God's plan for your own life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And it may be that God wants you to travel because your friends are traveling. Fantastic. Just be sure it is God's plan. Just be sure it's God's plan. Psalm 32 and verse 8. It says, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. Psalm 32 and verse 8. Give it to me in the New King James Version, please. Can we read together one to go? I will instruct them in the way that they should go. Is that what this is? I will instruct who? You. Why? Because God's plan and direction is individualistic. It's not generic. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that who should go? You should go. And I would guide who? You. You see, he kept mentioning you, you, you. Not them. Not they, but you. So someone else's direction is not your direction. Someone else's instruction is not your instruction. Can you have a strong and healthy self-esteem? To the extent that even when God tells you to do what he has not told others, you are still very strong emotionally. And you are confident and you are bold about it. And some people, the fact that they have not done what their friends are doing, they already feel like a failure. He's God telling you to do it. Say, all my friends, they have done this. All my friends are doing this. All my friends are, me, I can't do it. (laughs) Is it God's plan for your own life? See, this life is an amazing place. I've seen people doing well. You see, that's why you can't be, you can't afford to be depressed because somebody seems to be doing well than you now. I've seen people who seem to be doing well years ago. That the people who seem not to be doing well, I've met them, overtook them. See, this life is very, it's amazing. And some people you think will never do well. All of a sudden, you're, you know, like when you are traveling. You didn't know that a car was coming. All of a sudden, that car, you're like, ah, where is this? All the while, when you were driving, you were looking at your rear view mirror. You didn't see the car coming. Until you got to where you were going, you never caught up with the car. Let me tell you, some people's life are like that. You will not see them coming. And my prayer for you is that everyone that has left you behind, you will overtake them. In this year, 2024. In the name of Jesus. So it's very important. Isaiah 52 and verse 12. Let's see it, please. Isaiah 52 and verse 12. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 12. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 12. Can we read together one to go? For you shall not do what? Go out with haste. Now go by flight. For the Lord will do what? Go before you. And the God of Israel will be your... Let God go before you. Let God go before you. How will God go before you? Huh? By getting a plan from him. Now when I say a plan, not that you now sit down at home, you not be doing anything. As a pastor, I say we must receive plan from God. God, what's your plan? I'm not going to office. They will fire you. And rightfully so. What I'm saying is, at every point, huh? when you are living your life and you feel an impression of the spirit to go in a different direction and you know how God talks to you, don't be afraid to go in that direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the Bible says there's a way that looks right unto a man. It says, but the end thereof is a way of destruction. So it may look right. It doesn't mean it is right. doesn't mean it is right. So it says, don't go out in haste. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. You may just rush out of destiny. Don't be in a rush. Number two, decide what you want from the season. Decide what you want. From this year, 2024, what do you want out of this year? What do you want? It's one of the reasons why we have expectation cards. It is wisdom not to lose those expectation cards. I hear what I'm saying. 
Don't lose your expectations. That's why I said keep bringing it as even instructed by the Spirit of God to bring for the seven prophetic, you know, praise opera Sundays, for the seven Sundays. Don't lose it. You must be clear about what you want from this. And you see, the problem is many people, <laughs> some people, if you give them extra expectation, they will still like it. That's why most things never happen. Annualized thinking. Right? It's part of annualized thinking. You want to do one million things in one year. You overestimate what you can do in one year and underestimate what you can do in a decade. Or what you can do within two years or three years or four years. Is this year everything must happen? What are the major things that you know that if I accomplish these things, if these things happen, it will literally influence every other area of my life. Those are the things you must make up your mind that these things must happen. These things must happen. Stop chasing shadows. Stop chasing things that really have no effect, that will make no impact on your life. You and I know what I'm talking about. There are, you know right now that there are certain things that even if it's just one or two things that happens this year, those things will literally change your life. Yes or yes? Those are the things you must make up your mind that this year, this thing must happen. I'm going to get this out of this year, 2024. Proverbs 23 and verse 18, the Bible says, For surely there is an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. Life will not give you what you desire. It will give you what you expect and demand from it. Life will not give you what you wish for. It will only give you what you expect and demand from it. How do I know what you are demanding from life? What you are consistently praying about. And what you are consistently thinking about. If you truly desire something, ah, it will always be on your prayer list. If you forget to pray about it, it simply means it's not really a desire. It's not really a desire. If you don't even remember that you want that thing, there is not a desire. Hmm. Number three, have a strong desire for more. Have a strong desire for more. Have a strong desire for more. Many never make the most of the year. Many never make the most of the seasons of life. Because they are quickly satisfied. When I get to heaven, at the marriage supper, all say shall gather. You have not finished eating the supper here. It's the one in heaven you want to go and eat. They are not looking for you yet. They are still cooking your food. Eh? <laughs> it's not done. So if you go now, it's per boy tries to go and eat. <laughs> but they like that note. Have a strong desire for more. I always tell myself, you know, especially after a major fit, I always tell myself, I'm more than this. This is not the end. It's not the end. I remember early last year, you know, there was something, um, it, something that we did. And after we did that thing, you know, I remember I kept telling First Lady, I said, mm. I said, this is not it. So I know where I should. I said, this is not it. This is not it. Remember when I had a conversation with some folks? I said, ah, Pastor, really? So some were thinking maybe the decision I will make it this year. But I knew that, no, next, last year we don't end before I correct that decision. I just said, no, no, this is not it for me. This is not it for me. You see, you can't get out of life what you don't demand from it. Never. Some of us were so quickly satisfied. Religion has programmed us. As if if you desire too much from God, it will affect what, see, <laughs> if you don't desire, it's fine. I will take your own with, add it to mine. It's fine. 
And God is not angry about it. God cannot give you what you are not desperate for. If Jabez had not gone into that place of prayer uh, and prayed that God enlarge my territory, he would have stayed with the territory he had. And he would still make heaven. You see, the Bible says God will wipe away tears from the eyes of the saints. You know why? When many of us get to heaven, you will see the things that should have been yours that were never yours. You will get to heaven, but you will be one day, eh? So this should have been my life. And you will see the life you lived on earth, a wide gap. Because you kept telling yourself, lying to yourself with religious statements, we brought nothing into this world. We will take nothing out of it. Quoting scriptures in the wrong context. You must have a strong desire for more. If you are not tired of where you are, where you are is tired of you. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? If you are not what? Tired of where you are, where you are is tired of you. It's tired of you. It's tired of you. Where you are in career, where you are in business, where you are financially, where you are is tired of you. Where you are socially is tired of you. You must have a strong desire for more. That 2024 must not end the way I entered it. That by December 31st, I would have completely become a different version. That when December 31st, 2024, the version of me by December 31st, 2024, sees my version of January 1st, 2024, it will look completely different. Not because of adding weight or losing weight. And if that's your thing, that's fine. But in accomplishment, in growth, in progress, in fulfillment of prophecies. Am I helping somebody tonight? Have a strong desire for more. Micah chapter 2 and verse 10. Micah chapter 2 and verse 10. As a pastor, even as a pastor, one of the, <laughs> one of the set of people I avoid are pastors that are not ambitious. And I'm not apologetic about it. We'll just be quoting scripture to, to, to justify stagnation. Uh, I just avoid you because your lack of ambition will rub off on me. I start hearing some conversation over time, you see. You know, oh, you know, God will do it when we do it. Really. I saw people change their story in the Bible. Not when God did it. When they decided that God must do it. Look at what God said. He said, arise and depart. Why? For this is not your rest. Arise and depart. For this is not your rest. That was the same thing God told the children of Israel after they crossed the Red Sea. Do you know what it means to cross the Red Sea? Has anybody crossed it after then? So for you to know it was a major thing, yet God said, you have dwelt too long at this mountain. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. He said, take your journey and move on. I'm grateful for your celebration and gratitude, but this is not where I'm taking you to. Many of us, we have over-celebrated certain things, over-celebrated it. Even the testimony is tired of you. The testimony is saying, there is more. I hear what I'm saying. The Lord our God spoke to us in Europe, saying, you have dwelt what? You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. It simply means there was a timing they were supposed to spend there. So maybe they were supposed to spend two weeks. They have spent two years. We are, ah! Hello, there is more. Look at your neighbor and say, there is more. If I shout it in your neighbor's face, say, there is more! There is more. In 2024, there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more spiritually. You can't keep sleeping off during prayer. Five minutes prayer, you have slept. There is more. It's not the year to be saying, plus Jesus minus Satan. He said you should pray over food. 
Yes, Father, we thank you. We bless this food, O Lord, for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. It's Christ that wants to eat the food. We have been a Christian for how long? There is more spiritually. There is more financial. There is more in career. There is more socially. There is more in destiny. This is not your rest. This is not your rest. A day came, Jacob called his wives. You see that in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 30. God had blessed him in the house of his uncle, in the house of his father-in-law. Right? When a day came, he called his wives and said, you see, I need to leave this place. And he made a powerful statement. The first time I saw him many years ago as an undergraduate, he blessed me. And he told his wives the reason why he was leaving. He said, for where shall I provide for my own house? This place has become comfortable. If there is no food, you can go into your father's house and just eat food. Some of us, you have created too much structures of comfort around you. That's why you have not left where you are. Too much structures of comfort. That's why I have noticed. Go and check it. Everyone that God did something phenomenal with in scriptures, he separated them from their comfort. And check it. Is it Joseph? Is it Abraham? Is it Jacob? Get thee out of your father's house. So that if you are going to fail, you will fail. You will have no option to run back home. One of us, we are too close to comfort. That's why they more. Once there's a little bit of challenge, you have run back. There is more. There is more. And last but not the least, if you're going to make the most of 2024, become someone else. Become someone else. Your current version, if it can produce the more you desire in God, it would have produced it. The price for your new life is your old life. Do you hear what I said? Joseph, when he had the dream that he was going to become a world-class leader, the Bible says he went to tell his brothers, oh, I had the dream. You know, people are bowing before me. His brothers got there. Are you saying that we will serve you? Years down the line, when Joseph saw his brothers, Genesis between chapter 41 and verse chapter 43, the Bible says when he saw his brother, he kept quiet. That was not the same Joseph at the age of, at the age of 17. Something had changed about Joseph. The Joseph that will be a prime minister cannot be the Joseph that was running his mouth anyhow. That didn't know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Was it wrong for Joseph to say it? No. Did you notice that when he got into, pot, into the prison and Potiphar's house, he stopped talking about his dreams? Did he still have the dreams? Yes. Why did he stop talking about it? Because now he was gauging who to talk to about his dreams. By the age of 17, that version of Joseph couldn't have been the one to sit on the throne. If it was the same version, the moment he saw his brothers, he would have rushed them. Reuben, Judah, ah, I've missed you. But this time around, he kept quiet. The Bible says, look at how he was asking them intelligent questions. How many are you guys? Do you have a father? He was asking them intelligent questions. He had become smarter. What was said concerning Jesus? The people that knew him, they said, ah, is this not the carpenter's son? What were they trying to say? This is not the same version of Jesus we knew growing up. Is it possible that the people you grew up together, they will see you now and say, ah, ah, is this not the same? Or they will say, ah, but yeah. See, if the people you grew up together, they can still rush you and find it comfortable to relate with you, immediately they see you. Even though there has been years that you didn't see each other, you've not grown. You hear what I said? You've not grown. And you first pause and look at you, eh, is this not the same? Is it the one? Look like the blind man. Is it the one? Is he not the one? And I say, ask him yourself. And I say, I am the one. I'm the one. You must become somebody else. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must become somebody else. See, let me tell you this. As I round up tonight, I was going to talk about things you need to do to become somebody else. Maybe I'll just rush through that. Should I go into that? You see, the thing about change, human change, unlike metamorphosis, you know metamorphosis, when a pupa, you know, um, a caterpillar becomes whatever, a butterfly, it cannot go back to becoming a pupa, a larva, and all those things again, a caterpillar. You know the unfortunate thing about human change? Human change is reversible. Someone can move from being poor to becoming rich and becoming poor again. You can be poor uh, or you can be foolish, become wise and become foolish again. That's the unfortunate thing about human change. Human change is reversible. So you can become somebody else and go back to your old nature. So if you're going to become somebody else, number one, change who and what you listen to. You cannot separate who you become from who you are hearing consistently. That's why it's not enough to come to church, take notes. If you go back and you keep listening to your loser friends, huh? the people that always speak against scripture. Earlier today, first lady sent a video to me about the pastor attacking, attacking certain covenant practices. He even sponsored it. I said, me, I don't listen to such people. So because it does not look like my future. I rather, they say, follow who what? Who no road. I see his own road. There is nothing desirable about his life. You know, some people just come up with this because they want attention. I can't be listening to this. I said, I said, I only read, you know, now when you see videos on Instagram, you know, they are transition. I said, I only read a few of transition. I did not even give the audience to unmute and hear what the person has to say. I'm not interested. Because I know the power of listening to someone. You will only become what you listen to and who you listen to. That's why sometimes people can be coming to church every service but the change is not showing why because they hear something in church when they go back to their friends and family they are hearing something else and everything they've had in church the people that they listen to speak against everything <laughs> i saw the video pastor posted on instagram so you too you believe uh, they are using your head they are using your head they have brainwashed you everybody's brainwashed it depends on who is washing your brain are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that not what the Bible says in Romans 12 too? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's brainwashing. So you cannot become something if you don't listen to someone that has become it. How do you become someone else? Change who and what you listen to. Change who and what you listen to. Next, spend time in the company of those who look like what you want to become. Spend time in the company of those who want to become like those who look like who you want to become. Spend time in the company of those who look like who you want to become. Spend time in their company. The Bible says when Saul came into the company of the prophets, what happened? The Bible says he began to prophesy. For Samuel chapter 10, I can't remember the verse now. After Samuel anointed him, right? The Bible says he began to prophesy like the prophets. If Saul wanted to keep prophesying, he should have stayed in the company of the prophets. But he left. He left. He left. I know what you really want in your life by the people you are hanging around. If you really want something, you will pay the price to hang around to the people who are already working in the reality of it. So spend time in their company. I think I should pause there tonight. I'll stop there tonight. That enough. That is Lord, um, the things I've shared will bless you. I will be blessed tonight. Father, we thank you tonight for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. We thank you, Father, because your word says the grass withers.